Yeah, some of you. So you'll like what we're about to show you. Uh, we've got a few clips here. We'll stage through them. So what, what do we do on a mission trip? Can, you, can everybody see that okay? This is what my friends think I do. This is what society thinks I do. This is what my parents think I do. <laughs> and this is what I think I do. That's what we really do. <laughs> how, many, <laughs> how many kids can you get in a wheelbarrow? So um, turn with me if you have your Bibles to Matthew chapter 28. And all of you know this verse, the Great Commission. Uh, these are our marching orders from Christ. He said, go therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the ends of the earth. You know, some people may say, well, what about, why are you thinking about foreign missions, Jimmy? What about all the needs here? And I would agree with you 100%. I'd say that's what we call home missions. You know, uh, General William Booth, who founded the Salvation Army years ago, he was going to send a message to the entire world at Christmas time. Y'all may have read this. It was back in the day when you sent telegrams. And so uh, he began to look into it. It was going to be very expensive. And so he began to shorten the message and to shorten it and to shorten it until it became one affordable word, which was others, others. You know, that's where we want to go this morning, just thinking about others in the context of missions, in the context of reaching out. Jesus said it best in Mark chapter 10. Jesus said, For even the Son of Man came not to be ministered to unto, but to minister, and to give his life a ransom for many. Uh, you all know the story and parable Jesus told of the Good Samaritan there in Luke chapter 10. And what did Jesus say? Go and do thou Likewise, So what does mission work really look like? And we're just going to kind of stage through it this morning and, and break it down. And I think you'll find this. Some of it's uh, hopefully you'll find funny. It certainly was an experience when we had it. Um, so what does it really look like? We've really got three basic armies. So what we would call three armies. Number one is the preaching army. And so we're going to read a, a verse out of Acts chapter chapter 13. One day as these men were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Appoint Barnabas and Saul for the special work that I have called them to. So after more fasting and prayer, the men laid hands on them and sent them away. So I just wanted to kind of, you know, just casually discuss what are some of the benefits of like a short-term mission trip. You know, some of you, I saw your hands go up, you know those benefits, but I just wanted to kind of break it down. Number one you can develop some very meaningful new relationships. Some of you I've traveled with, and it's been my honor, really has, to get to know you. And uh, as Ben said, we've, we've uh, made many a mile together. But some of you others I didn't really know. And it's really been a privilege. And make new relationships, you know, in the foreign field. Get to know brothers and sisters in Christ. Sometimes we have a mindset, you know, that, that Jesus spoke English. Oh, but he didn't, Right? And, you know, uh, that his culture was like ours, but it, but it wasn't. And, you know, that, that he ate the food we ate, which he didn't. And he looked like us when he, most, most of us, he did not look like. So we can develop new relationships. And there's an interesting verse, which is one of my favorites, uh, in Acts chapter 2. 
And you, you Greek scholars will find this interesting. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in the breaking of bread and in prayers. That word fellowship, you may be familiar with, it's the word koinonia in the Greek. And it, it, we don't really have a, a, an adequate English word for koinonia. It's translated about 19 different times in the New Testament, but different ways. And one of the, uh, the verses you could, we could look at is uh, Luke chapter 10. I'm sorry, chapter 5, verse 10. And so also James, John, and the sons of Zebedee were partners with Simon Peter. Jesus said unto Simon, fear not, for him's force you shall catch men. So that word partners is kornos or kornonea. And what that really means is a partnership. Like if we're fishermen and we're out there with Peter, James, and John pulling in a net, right? Pulling in a net. If somebody doesn't show up to work that day, that affects you, Right? So we can think of it in that context. What affects you affects me if we have koinonia. That's what we want to develop as the body of Christ. Number two, it'll give you and your family new appreciation and perspective. So right now, uh, this morning, today, women and girls will spend 200 million hours collecting water for their families. Think about that. One day, I'll never forget, I was up on a mountain in Haiti. We'll talk more about Haiti in a little bit. But uh, this, this gal had, had uh, two five-gallon pails of water in each hand. And she had pulled, you know, come up from the road. The pump was way down the highway, and she had one on her head. And she's just going up the mountain. And I'm thinking, I couldn't carry a five-gallon bucket of my head from here to there, you know. But this is normal in their culture. And so... You know, we take that so for granted. I know I certainly do the, the, the lights in here right now. <clears throat> you know, our electrical feed is about 110 to 120 volts. When I was in the Soviet Union years ago, that would just swing wildly. And so you plug in your hair dryer and it sounded like taking off like a rocket. And that's, that's what happened. <laughs> okay, number three. Mission trip could be life impacting and change someone's destiny and have a ripple effect. Years ago when I was in college, Pastor Terry, who was just Terry, my, my, my neighbor, uh, somebody went in the church, our, our church leader, Terry Long. Some of you might know Terry and Merrill. They were our leaders. Terry took time out of his schedule to take Terry and I to Miss Ollie's orphanage. Well, it really didn't have the orphanage there. This is how long ago it was. But she had a ministry, a Bible college. She took us down there. It was life impacting. It could have a ripple effect if you take the time to take someone, one of your children, especially your kids that are still at home, make that a priority somewhere along the way before they get off to college. You know, give them the experience of a mission trip. And then lastly, um, number four, it gives meaningfulness to our prayers. You know, it's a good thing to teach our children, you know, let's pray for our missionaries and let's pray for world missions. But, you know, as adults, we should be praying specifically, you know, right? For How about a better prayer would be like, let's pray for Cuba. Better yet, let's pray for New Life Church. Better yet, let's pray for Pastor Elian and Allie that they could have a baby, right? Amen? Uh, otherwise, how are we going to know if God answers the prayer if we're not praying for them specifically? Okay, number two. God has a paying army. And uh, look at with me at Acts chapter 20, verse 35. It says, And to remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he said it is more blessed to give 
than to receive. You know, little is much in the hands of God. All of us know that that story about feeding the 5,000. Can we back up just a little bit and think about what happened that morning? There was a little mom that was fixing her son, her little boy, lunch that day. She put a couple of fish in there, right? Loaves of bread, covered it up, sent him on his way. Well, that afternoon, think about it. He came in that night. He said, Mom, you won't believe that. The Rabbi Jesus fed thousands of people with that little lunch you gave me this morning. Little as much as in the hands of God. So I'm going to illustrate something this morning. Uh, I think you'll find it humorous. Uh, it wasn't humorous at the time, but it is now. And it's a true story. Our, our pastor, Ben, he has a generous heart. Uh, he does not pay me to say this, and he doesn't even know what to fix and tell you. But uh, back in 2014, uh, Kirby and Ben and I went to Cuba, and it's our first time there. Met with House uh, Monty Sosa, who is a well-known baseball player, and met with the uh, the director of Project Surge for Latin America. We wanted to just kind of look into doing a church play, it right. And so he, Osmani introduced us to this young, young guy, just went through his training program called uh, Lion Sanchez. So we went to his house, met his, he and his wife, had a nice little conversation. Well, uh, yeah, we really liked him, connected, and Ben is like, I like, I like a lion. I think he's a man. And I'm like, I like a lion. I think he's a man. And Ben's like, I think we need to put a little seed money in his ministry to help him start his church. And I'm like, I think that's a good idea. We need to put a little seed money in his ministry to start his church. And Ben is like, I feel like we need to give him all our money. And I'm like, I don't think that's such a good idea. To do. I'm like, I'm be hungry. You know, we're in a foreign country, you know? And Ben is like, we'll keep a dollar a piece to eat on. And, oh, and don't be like Ananias and Sapphire and hold out. Oh, great. Now I feel like a heathen, you know? I don't want to give a guy that I barely know all my money. I'm in a foreign country. This is a step of faith. So I dug deep and Ben dug deep. Kirby dug deep. Even to, I even been shamed me into giving all my money, my little stash out of my tennis shoe. <laughs> we gave a lion our little loaves and fishes. Well, a lion and Allie started their church there. That little Bible study has grown into a 300 people person strong church. Amen. <clears throat> And has planted 17 other churches. Man, little is much in the hands of God. If you're like me and you've traveled and gone to like an orphanage, um, uh, you know, in a third world developing country, sometimes it can just be overwhelming, right? Just surrounded by all these kids that have all these needs. And, you know, you want to get, put them all on top, give them a pony ride or, you know, put them in a wheelbarrow, give them candy. And it's just like, uh, man, what I do? Well, I remember the words of Mother Teresa. I always try to remember. You may not be able to feed a hundred, but you can feed one. And it makes a difference to the one. I want to tell you a story that this happened. So back in 2011, 
uh, Operation 2020 had collected funds. And thank you for all of you that have helped to make that happen. Where uh, Ben took up enough money to buy 800 pairs of glasses, eyeglasses. So this is about six months after the hurricane, I mean the tornado, the earthquake, I'll get it right. And uh, so in order to save money, we uh, we drove all night. We left early one afternoon, drove all night, get to Miami the next morning, hop on a plane, we're in Port-au-Prince at 9 a.m. As soon as we get to the airport, they pick us up, bring us to Brother Willie's church. And as soon as we get to the church, there are lines of people to get eyeglasses, you know, so... Uh, give us a picture there of, of Becca. So all these glasses have to be fitted individually. You know, you have readers and you have distance. And so we're dialing them in and you're talking through a translator, uh, you know, the whole time. So it's exhausting work. So all morning we're doing that. I think we got one of, of Becca, I mean of Jim. So we do that all morning. And so by lunchtime we eat some lunch and, and we're just spent. So the, the limo comes to pick us up. And <laughs> as my two young amigos, they sacked out the back of the limo. And uh, if you'll notice, right there beside Kirby's head, it's like a cowboy in a six-shooter, right? <laughs> He's got a bottle of what seems like Gatorade, but it's not really. It's like liquid gold because we have no cooler. We have no ice chest. It is sweltering. It's this time of the year in Haiti. It is sweltering. So... Uh, it's pretty precious what's in there. So what you don't see in that picture is this little Haitian boy comes and he jumps up on the side of the truck. And the truck takes off down the road. And it's like the little boy's hanging on like a tree frog, you know, and scared. But uh, finally he goes down the boulevard and he stops. There's Kirby. He comes back to life. There's the little boy hanging on the side. Well, Kirby could have just, you know, tossed the little boy a dollar. But he didn't do that. He reached deep. And he pulls out Gatorade. You see, that little boy lit up like a Christmas tree. You know, you may not be able to give Gatorade to a hundred children, but you can give it to one. And I guarantee it makes the difference to the one. Amen. Okay, and then finally... God has a praying army. Folks, we're all in that army. Uh, the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 15 and verse 30, that's why I plead with you because, uh, I'm sorry, uh, brothers and sisters, with the love we share, the Holy Spirit, fight alongside me in prayer. You know, Paul asked repeatedly in the New Testament for prayer for himself. If you go back and do a little word study, when I was in uh, Soviet Union years ago, I'll never forget, we... Uh, they packed us into a room Sunday morning worship, but it was about the room was about half the size of this stage, if that large. And they packed us in there. We're sitting on these little two by sixes, you know, my knees up against the person in front, just sandwiched in there. And I looked around at that in that room that morning, and I just thought to myself, these people have paid a high price for their Christianity. Their faith has been expensive. You know, when we were in Cuba just, a, just last month, a lion told us, he said, the secret police are in our service. They're here. He said, they can shut us down like that. You know, we need today to be praying for our brothers, to be praying for our sisters. The Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 13, remember them that are in bonds as bound with them, and them which suffer adversity as yourselves also in the body. 
you know, uh, even though they're not here today, they are experiencing where there's Nigeria, Af- Afghanistan, North Korea. Believers are being persecuted this morning. But there's no barrier. I mean, any barrier that man can erect is none of them are impervious to your prayers. Your prayers can penetrate any darkness. I want us to read something together. It is part of the genius of Christianity that any believer can become a warrior in the battle at any time and in any place and make their influence count to the ends of the earth and high in heavenly places simply by engaging in prayer. You can arm the missionary's witness with supernatural power and strengthen their hand in God. By praying in the Spirit, the exercised believer can conquer time and space and have a share in the battle on the front lines of the world. You know, uh, your prayers this morning can travel down the Congo with the missionary. Your, your prayers this morning can go through the Serengeti with the missionary. Your prayers can go through the Andes Mountains this morning with the missionary. They're not limited. They're not bound. Many of you knew uh, Johnny Nikosha. Uh, what a precious brother. What incredible brother in Christ. What you may not know is Johnny and Terry Long prayed together every week. Every week for 29 years. Think of that legacy. We're talking about legacy today. Think of your legacy this morning. What kind of legacy am I leaving? Think about that. 29 years every week. Faithfulness. We carry on that legacy for him today. And I just want to encourage you. Do you have a brother? Do you have a sister at work or at school? Somebody you can lock arms with, pray with, be accountable to, be transparent to. Someone that you can go to the throne of God and intercede. What does Jesus do for us this morning? What's it say in Hebrews chapter 7? He makes intercession. That's right. He makes intercession for us right now. He was our example as the founder of our Christianity. We need to follow his example. I want to read something to you. Ian Bounds wrote this. I shared this at Johnny's funeral. Prayers are deathless. The lips that uttered them may be closed in death. The heart that felt them may have ceased to beat. But they live before God. And God's heart is set on them. And they outlive the lives of those who uttered them. They outlive a generation. Outlive an age. Outlive a world. You know, your prayers will live on today. You know, I want to share a very special experience we had recently carried. I did when we were in Cuba. The last night we were there, uh, we met with a a young couple in in their home. And uh, just like they, it was just so reminiscent of the early church. You know, when, when, when the Roman Empire was persecuting the church, what did the believers do? They moved from the, the synagogues and the temple into the homes, right? And so the people, they meet in the homes down there uh, as well as in the church. But if they shut down the church, the people will still meet. So we met in this, in this small living room just full of people. And, and they said, would you share the word of God with us? You know, they've been repressed under totalitarian government for all those years. Would you share the God's word with us? And so Carrie did, and, and I did. And then they, it was like, would you pray for us? You know, they have little to no access to, for medicine. So Carrie and I, you know, and Emmy, we, his granddaughter, we prayed for them. And then it was like, could we pray for you? And what a humbling experience. And then would you share our food? You know, just like they did in the early church, we read about that in Acts chapter 2, verse 42. 
Um, we miss out if we're not praying one for another. We miss out on God's best if we're not locking arms with a brother or sister. We miss out and cheat ourselves if we're not having koinonia with the body of Christ. You know, we can go and grab coffee, and that's fine, or go have lunch together. But, but there's something much more meaningful when we can be transparent and partners in the, in the fight. Amen? I want to share this morning as we close. Um, I want to share a little story, true story about a man, brilliant young man, student by the name of Julius Hickerson. You might have heard about him. He was a brilliant student, I understand, went through medical school in the state of Texas and uh, had a very successful practice. But Dr. Hickerson couldn't get away from something. There was an ongoing burden in his heart for an unreached people group in the jungles of Columbia, South America. Just like ongoing. And uh, Dr. Hickerson shared with his family and friends, and they said, no, 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 no. Stay here. You can make plenty of money. Don't go down there in those jungles where you may get yourself killed. Well, that burden continued just to gnaw inside his heart. Dr. Hickerson found himself in those jungles, ministering to people, caring for their needs, sharing the word of God with them, giving them hope. Although he did not see one person come to Christ during his ministry there, two years into his ministry there, he was on a plane laden with medical supplies. And that plane went down in the jungle. Dr. Hickerson was killed. And sometimes we see things like that happen and it's like, why? Why in the world, God, is somebody so gifted? Somebody had sacrificed so much. Someone who would, was doing such a worthy work. Why would God let them die in a plane crash in such an untimely way? And, you know, folks... We have to leave the unknowable to the all-knowing. Amen. We see through a glass darkly, the Bible says. One day we'll see face to face. One day we shall know, even as we are known, the Bible tells us. We have to remember those things. You know, when we can't see his hand, we can't trace his hand, we trust his heart, right? Years would go by. A missionary would follow up on Dr. Hickerson's work. He got down there and began to, you know, touch base with the tribe. They're all evangelized. Everybody had been evangelized in this indigenous, unreached people group. It's like, how? How did this happen? Dr. Hickerson did not read, reach one person with the gospel before his death. Well, upon investigation, he found out that the tribesmen had gone to the crash site, found Dr. Hickerson's well-marked-up Bible, began to read it begin to internalize it, begin to share it, begin to plant churches. You know, I want to encourage you today to be obedient to God's word, to be faithful to his calling upon your life and leave the re results to him. Amen. We might not live to see them. We might be like Dr. Hickerson, but we trust him with the results. I want you to close your eyes, bow your heads with me this morning. This has not been a salvation message, but we've talked about relationships. Do you have a relationship with the living God? Is your name written in his book? Are you assured today if you pass from this life to the next, untimely like Dr. Hickerson, that you would be in the presence of Almighty God? 
you know, one day our legacy will be told. They will speak. Someone will speak over our casket. What will your legacy be? And as we close in prayer this morning, I just want you to search your heart. Say, Lord, are you on my throne of my heart? Are you Lord over my eyes? Are you Lord over my ears? Are you Lord over my mind? And are you Lord over my heart? We trust him as our Savior. Do we believe on him and adhere to him as our Lord? Jesus said, if any man come after me, let him deny himself. And take up his cross daily, which was an instrument of death. We die to ourselves and follow him. I'd like each person in your own way, just to ask God this morning, examine my heart. The Bible tells us to examine our hearts to see if we be in the faith. Make certain that Christ is the Lord of your life. Run up that white flag of surrender as we close in prayer this morning. Father, we thank you for your love. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for the cross. We just pray today that you'll be real in our lives. You'll open our eyes to see others through your eyes. Open our hearts to experience your heart. Give us that assurance that our names are written in your book. Let us run up that white flag today. Surrender our minds, hearts, and lives wholly to you. Lift up our eyes, Father, to see the fields that are white. Thank you. Let your love be shed abroad in our hearts. And we'll give you all the glory and honor. In your precious name we pray.